0: In the early summer of 1940, the atmosphere in Manhattan is electric. Night has barely fallen, and the storefronts are already aglow with colorful neon lights. The constant buzz of cars continues as if it were daytime in the city that never sleeps. On 34th Street, an 18-year-old young man tries to navigate his way through the crowd of pedestrians on the sidewalks. He's sweating profusely in his cheap suit and tie. The heat is stifling and his arms are loaded with pizza boxes. I'm gonna be late, I'm gonna be late, he keeps telling himself in a loop as he catches sight of the top of the tallest skyscraper in the world where he's expected in the next five minutes. If only I could fly or climb onto the rooftops. His mind drifts for a second when a taxi nearly hits him. Snapping suddenly back to reality, the young man dashes forward and starts running with all his might. His carefully combed back hair blows in all directions. His usually friendly and almost naive gaze shows determination as he covers the distance. He will deliver these pizzas at all costs and on time. It's a mission of the utmost importance that entails great responsibilities. He finally arrives in the lobby of the Empire State Building and enters the elevator, heading up to the 14th floor, where the headquarters of Timely Publications, a comic book publishing house, are located. The young man walks through the offices and hands their dinner to each of his colleagues, who thank him with a brief but friendly smile. Mission accomplished. What this young man doesn't yet know in the early summer of 1940 is that he won't remain just an intern for long. And more importantly, that this then unknown company will soon adopt a name that will go down in history and eventually become a household name, Marvel. Hello, this is Fabrice. Welcome to Fabulous Destinies. In this episode, I'll tell you about a man with an extraordinary destiny. A visionary writer with an overflowing imagination, he revolutionized the world of American comics. For decades, his creations have been celebrated worldwide, displayed as posters in the rooms of millions of children and teenagers. His name, Stanley Lieber, better known as Stan Lee. From his challenging beginnings to his superheroes, who will leave a mark on history, discover his fabulous destiny. Stanley Lieber was born on December 28, 1922 in New York. He's the son of Romanian Jewish immigrants who came to the United States in pursuit of the American dream. His father is a tailor, his mother a homemaker, and despite all efforts, the family lives in poverty. From a young age, Stanley escapes into reading. He spends all his pocket money 50 cents a month at the neighborhood bookstore. Sherlock Holmes, Tom Sawyer, Oliver Twist, he devours adventure books, hoping one day to write a great novel himself. But the need for money outweighs everything else. At the age of 16, Stanley cuts short his studies to help support his family. He takes on various odd jobs and eventually lands an internship at Timely Publications, a publishing company. It's a stroke of luck for him, he dreams of being a writer, but when he realizes that the company specializes in comics, American comic books, his disappointment is tremendous. In the early 1940s, comics are a novelty. Superman first appears in 1938, followed by Flash and Batman in 1939. These three superheroes come from the same studio, DC Comics, which has almost a monopoly on the very young industry. The magazines where their stories are published are a huge hit with the youth. However, for parents and much of the general public, these masked crusaders are seen as vulgar, violent, and in a very bad taste. At timely publications, Stanley settles for serving coffee, refilling inkwells, and fetching pizzas, all the while promising himself to find work at a real publishing house soon. Nevertheless, he shines through his diligence, enthusiasm, and above all, his extraordinary energy. His boss, Martin Goodman, entrusts him with the task of filling in certain empty dialogue bubbles. And in 1941, the young man publishes his first work in a magazine dedicated to a certain Captain America. To avoid having his real name being associated with these somewhat ridiculous comics and to preserve it for a future novel, Stanley signs with his pseudonym Stan Lee. Of course, he's yet to discover that it's precisely this pseudonym that will become renowned. The same year, in 1941, the two main artists of the company, Joe Simon and Jack Kirby, resign due to financial reasons. The company is tiny and severely understaffed. In a matter of months, the young man barely 20 years old is propelled to the position of editorial director. However, over the next 20 years, the industry experiences a particularly harsh crisis. Accused of promoting juvenile delinquency, comics sell less and less. Yet, Stanley works tirelessly. Western, science fiction, fantasy, romance. He tries various types of storylines, but the public doesn't connect. At the age of 40, after 20 years at timely publications, now renamed Atlas Comics, he's on the brink of resigning. But before leaving, he decides to give it one last shot and publish a final story. Before we continue with this episode, a quick break to give the floor to our partner without whom this podcast could not exist. Don't go away, we'll be right back. For his final attempt, Stanley writes, drawing inspiration from his past memories and personality. His characters have nothing in common with the infallible and overpowering superheroes of the time. They have heartaches and financial problems. They often argue and sometimes speak in slang. The objective is simple to connect with a more adult audience, to have characters that people can identify with, characters who are more human. And in 1961, thanks to the modern and innovative artwork of illustrator Jack Kirby, whom he managed to bring back to the company a few years earlier, the story of the Fantastic Four is finally published. The success is immediate and explosive. For the first time in its history, Marvel Comics receives fan letters and Stanley diligently replies to them. Stanley and his star artists, Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko, quickly create other characters, each more complex and tormented than the previous ones. The Hulk, Thor, the X-Men, Iron Man, Doctor Strange, and even Daredevil. The villains they face have something touching and almost endearing about them, blurring the once clear lines between good and evil. Atlas Comics and then rebranded as Marvel Comics and Stanley is on the brink of inventing a new character that will become its absolute emblem. One summer evening in 1962, Stanley gazes out the window of his office on the 14th floor of the Empire State Building. From this vintage point, New York looks like a luminous anthill. Behind the smoked lenses of his aviator glasses, he recalls the teenager he once was, running the crowded streets of Manhattan to deliver pizzas to his colleagues. A smile appears under his salt and pepper mustache until a tiny black dot run right in front of him disturbs his reverie. He gets closer slowly and notices a bug in the glass outside the building. Up on the 14th floor? Stanley is astonished. For long minutes, he watches it climb against the wind. pause, then continue adjusting its grip and rubbing its mandibles. Far from being repelled by its agile and hairy eight legs, Stanley marvels at a spider. A shiver suddenly runs down his spine. The hair on his arm stands on end, and his eyes widen. He knows this feeling, the feeling of good ideas, the feeling of very good ideas. What if he combined the two, his daydream from a few minutes ago and his current vision? A likable, enthusiastic teenager, a pizza delivery boy in New York City, endowed with the abilities of a spider. He could call him Spider-Man, for example. At first, the idea is rejected by all his colleagues. Nobody likes spiders. Who would want a spider as a friendly neighbor and a neighborhood protector? But Steve Ditko's drawings eventually convinced him. And besides, Spider-Man is special. For the first time in comic book history, the superhero is a teenager, just like the readers. He goes to high school, is a bit of a geek, feels out of place, and is a victim of bullying. But when he puts on his costume and swings through the city, spinning his web, he becomes the hero that all the young people dream of being. Spider-Man quickly becomes Marvel's biggest hit and breaks all records. And the following year, in 1963, Stan Lee's team brings several of their superheroes together in a single story. The Avengers were born. Over time, Stanley hires new writers and artists to focus exclusively on promoting Marvel across the country. Naturally, cinematic adaptations soon follow. The early movies are quite poor, but success eventually arrives with the X-Men and the first Spider-Man trilogy, leading up to the massive blockbusters that are now incredibly popular. A tradition is established in the early 2000s. In every film featuring one of his characters, Stanley makes a brief cameo, often just a few seconds. You know, I guess one person can make a difference. Enough said. This little game quickly becomes a cult and audiences enjoy spotting the mischievous looking old man disguised as a hot dog vendor, a taxi driver or even a janitor. Reputation, sir. Um, I should be on that list. Name? Stanley. Yeah. Uh, nice try, buddy. Nice no, try. no, really. Nice I'm, I'm Stanley. Every time he appears in public, his energy and good humor leave an impression. After all, he's the genius behind all these superheroes. Some even call him Mr. Marvel. And his reputation grows year after year. On November 12, 2018, Stanley finally passes away, at the age of 95. Throughout his long career, he revolutionized American comics and our perception of superheroes. Thanks to him, comic book characters became human, relatable, and close to readers. Stanley has made millions of children and teenagers dream and he succeeded in gaining the respect of the general public for this universe that has become essential in popular culture today. Thank you for listening to this episode of Fabulous Destinies. Feel free to share with us stories that you would like to hear on your favorite listening platform or via Baba Bam's Instagram or Twitter page. We'll be happy to discover them.